Hello and welcome to episode four of Equilibrium Thinking Riding with me, Nick Fox, and her over there. Hi, I'm Jo Cullen. <laughs> that caught you by surprise, didn't it? And how is Jo today? I'm very well. I'm dealing with the heat just about, but um, unfortunately I'm sitting in a conservatory, which um, I think I can probably just about tolerate as a steam room and sauna for about another half an hour. Have you got the ladle and the towels and the birch brunch and everything ready? Almost. <laughs> for our listeners not in the UK, um, it's rather warm here today. I mean, you know, if you're some, somewhere warmer than we are, it's, it's going to hit 28 degrees today and sitting in a conservatory conservatory yeah probably not uh, i was telling not the thing yeah. i was telling but, joe but, but, just before we started wasn't i what it's like in here i know but 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 given that we're english and we only tolerate very 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 small temperature changes you know we're, we're kind of okay between about 15 and 19 degrees centigrade otherwise it's too cold or too hot so um many people will will commonly experience 35 degrees plus in the states at the moment where my friends are in arizona it's about 45 degrees but um you know we 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 are we are people of very little tolerance when it comes to temperature change and it's meant to be even hotter on the day after we're recording this and guess what i'm doing yes that's right spending all day on a yard on the ground pushing barrows about and things like that i must be mad anyway that, that sort of i am mad that sort of feeds quite nicely into today's episode it's it's entitled can i deal with my horse but it's it's more of a an exploration as to how do i deal with anything it may be that you've brought yourself a new horse and it's turned out to not quite be as chilled out as advertised because let's face it how often does that happen yeah that happens they're usually the clients that come to me it may be your horse is going through that phase it's in its terrible teens or it's decided it just doesn't want to do what you want it to do it's going to nap in the same place it's going to bolt with you across a field in the same place these are all things that are going to get you on edge stressed out and telling your horse that you're stressed out, at which point the horse will just take over. They are flight animals, and, and obviously this is this is where we tense up and we stress out. Now, I ride crazy racehorses. I spent eight years riding in Ireland. I'm used to things that just decide they're going to do what they don't, you not necessarily don't want them to do. I had one the other day, and, and I specialise in teaching on the difficult horse. There was this, this grey thing, it's half thoroughbred, which think joe will probably laugh in the background at because i think that just about <laughs> a little half thoroughbred half irish sport slash draft nice. slash a bit of everything and it came from ireland and it hunted over there so you can imagine the sort of the state of the state of mind this horse was he's lovely he's very sweet he's very good looking but if he decides nope not doing it we're doing this you're doing that and we had this problem develop during a lesson with the client who shall remain nameless but does listen to this where we were trying to work on straightness. Now, there is no school at this yard, so we're having to teach in a field which, as an instructor, isn't necessarily the most ideal thing to try and do, but we, we tried it anyway. And, of course, this horse, after being warmed up, thought, right, that's it, we're done, we're heading towards the gate, and that's where we're going. Of course, we weren't. We were trotting back towards the instructor when we got to the gate, weren't we? But would this horse have it? Would they not? Ryder got rather annoyed, shall we say, and uh, promptly hit the deck because the horse won that particular battle. Now, the most important thing you can do in that situation, as long as you're not in three pieces, get back on the horse. <laughs> Doesn't matter how terrible you feel. I'm sure Joe will agree with that one. You can't let them win. Not only that, your mental state, you can't l let yourself know that they've won, right? 
Absolutely, and 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 I mean, in in psychology terms, it's what it's what's called putting down a, a pattern. So if we if we fall off and we don't get back on again, our brain says fall off horrible scary it's not possible to get back on again um, it's it, it's too dangerous not going to do it so actually if we don't do it right away it becomes incredibly difficult to do um, if we do get back on again then our brain goes yeah this wasn't so pleasant but I got back on again and it was okay you know literally even if we get back on again and we walk 20 paces and we get off we have we have created the, the pattern in our brain that we want, which is that I fall off, I can get back on again, and nothing awful happens. It's not Armageddon. Yeah. And that's one of the two reasons that you might hate us for it, but we instructors will actually make you get back on if you're not injured. It's as simple as that. I mean, if you want to get back on and you feel a bit rubbish as well, we, we're certainly not going to object. That's up to you. However, the other reason is that pattern that joe was just talking about it's exactly the same way as the horse's brain works and if it's learnt that it can go to the gate chuck you one direction it goes the other it gets you off it's one it's going to do that every single time it's going to nap going down the lane if it learns you let it it's, it's things like that so the methods i work on with clients in this situation they can't it's not something you can sort of explain in a generalistic kind of way but i'm going to try so please bear with me whilst I gibber on nonsense. Essentially, we work on ways of stopping the horse evading what you're trying to do. This particular situation, the horse, apparently, if you turn it away from the way it wants to go, it will rear on you. Well, I'm sorry, but that's wholly unacceptable. So what we worked on in this situation was actually getting the knees on, getting the core engaged, using the shoulders, bringing the horse to a stand and then carrying on in the direction we, we want it to go. It's not easy. It didn't want to do it. But by the end of the lesson, we had to do that. We also had to work on the rider who needs to be in the right headspace for it instead of sat there having an argument with the horse. The horse in question is the kind of beast that is, is typical of Ireland, really. It, it will keep bringing you an argument. You've got to pick your battles carefully in this situation you know if, if he's constantly trying to bring you an argument throwing the head around messing around one one swift uh no mate i don't think so somehow is a lot better than keep being drawn into an argument pick your battles because otherwise if you get constantly drawn into an argument you're going to be on this I don't know, teetering on this edge of fed upness stress you're going to get stressed out and anxious with a horse your body's going to tense up the horse is going to sense that you're stressed out and anxious about something. The horse doesn't care that it's the horse that you're stressed out about. Of course, it doesn't know. It thinks there's something about to eat it because that's how they're programmed. And off it will go. And it just ends up being this massive, vicious cycle of horse thinks he's scared. Horse thinks there's something to be scared about. Horse takes off, but you're scared of the horse taking off because you're stressed out. Because And it just ends up in this big mess. Joe, how do we break the circle? Um, okay, so how do you break the circle? So, I mean, I, I think there are, there are two things I can talk about. You know, um, one is dealing with overwhelm. But, but before we do that, you know, let, let, let's, let's talk about um, what happens if we get into a complete panic state. So, as Nick's been describing, you know, we are expecting bad behavior because we've had bad behavior. So, we, we can pattern match to bad behavior. We get stressed. The horse picks up on our stress. There's some danger out there. The horse gets, you know, panicked 
um, we get more panic, the whole thing escalates. Okay, so um, so the, the the I think one of the most useful things we can do is is recognize if I can just talk you know neuroscience in simple terms for, for five seconds um, we need to recognize that our brain has gone into a, what we call amygdala overload which is if we're in a panic attack we are in fight flight or freeze our, it's the amygdala part of the brain going danger 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 something awful is going to happen and our brain uh, our prefrontal cortex, the, the, the rational thinking part of the brain, cannot operate and actually is, is prohibited from operating um, when we're like that. So at best, it can do very, very black and white things. You know, it can do, it, the, the brain, the thinking brain can think either jump off or do nothing or freeze, you know, at, at best, it becomes very black and white. And all three, so can I say we... from the ground as an instructor, the three worst things you can do, unless Absolutely. your life's in danger, you're not jumping off. Doing nothing yeah. is not an option. And if you freeze, the horse is just going to feel that down the reins and go, ha ha, we're off, let's yeah. go. So you, you exactly. can't have those as an option at all. And I know exactly. we talked about this one part of the brain blocking the other in one of the other episodes we've, we've released yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah. how do we, so, we're sat there in the saddle, the horse is being let's face it a pain in the butt yeah where do and, we go and of course just, and of course just to add from what nick just said you know if we go into freeze we are very tense because freeze means we know we are we are going into that kind of musical statues thing where ah, I'm, I'm tense okay so um so the most useful thing that we can do is and i know it can be very difficult um in 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 that moment but if we can do any just if we can I, I ideally let's talk about the ideal okay so four seven eight breathing would be ideal so try and think about you know almost holding your breath for a bit breathing in holding your breath and just blowing the whole thing out again and what this does is it it actually it actually calms down our heart rate it slows down our heart rate so anything where we can just literally breathe in, hold our breath, don't worry too much about 478 because I'm not going to think 478, breathe in, hold our breath and force out the breath. That will slow down our heart rate. But our please don't hold it for so long down. you fall off. <laughs> exactly. Our heart rate slowing down means that, you know, our brain thinks we are starting to, 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 to relax. The other thing that I think can help in these moments of panic, um, and I think we've mentioned this in previous podcasts, is when, when, when we panic, our brain is in past or future mode. You know, it's either going in the past, terrible things have happened, and or in the future, very quickly, in a few seconds time, terrible things are going to happen. So our brain is flitting between past and future. One of the things that helps to um, to calm us down, even if we can't think about the breathing, is just to do anything that brings our attention back to the present. And it can be, you know, it can literally be looking at a tree in front of us and thinking, what is this tree like? What is the shape like? Looking at the horse's ears, you know, and thinking about, where are they moving? Oh, perhaps they're flat back, but who knows? Perhaps, perhaps the tree's crazy. approaching rather quickly and its ears are pinned exactly. towards the tree. It's locked on and you're not thinking about the tree in that way at all. But it, it's, it's anything at all that focuses on where we are in the here and now. 
where we are now rather than, oh my God, um, fear, danger, past, future. In, in NLP, you know, uh, in neurolinguistic programming terms, we, this is called through time as opposed to in time. We've got to get ourselves back to in time. We've got ourselves back in, in, into the present. And in the, and in the present, you know, in this precise moment, nothing horrendous is happening. The horse isn't bronking. We're not flying through the air. You know, we are potentially in control. It's the, it's the past and the future worry that's bringing us out of control. So anything to do with breathing, with holding breath and focusing on anything that brings us back to the present will, will definitely help us there. And I think we'd sort of just to bring that down into into bullet points. I mean, as an instructor at this point, the horse is being a pain in the butt. We'll be shouting at you to relax, sit up, sit down, get your bum bones through that seat, feel that horse's back under you, get your knees on, get your core together, hold your shoulders steady and get hold of the horse and bring it back. Then you can start to apply some of these concepts that Joe's given you. I mean, by all means, if you're in a dangerous situation, do whatever the hell it takes. You know, you're on the road going sideways, bronking up and down. Forget the breathing. Just just stop the damn horse, you know. Get your, get your core together. Hang off your core. The horse cannot fight against you if you like that. It can try. It's not getting very well. Let's put it that way. Then, after the event apply these concepts that we're talking about here when it's when it's nice and safe and the immediate danger has gone away because otherwise if you don't bring yourself down from that state of i think joe calls it what what does joe call it a state of arousal something like that yeah a, a state of high emotion that's arousal. the one yeah, yeah. got you <laughs> if you don't bring yourself down from that you're going to move on you're going to see a wheelie bin and think oh god the horse is going to do it again and it will because it can feel you expecting it to do it again because you're scared of it oh there's something to be scared about it must be that wheelie bin here we go and you just end up back in the cycle again so it's really important to break that cycle yeah, i was going to say uh, the other thing that is really helpful and again it's it's difficult it's counterintuitive but we can we can force ourselves to do it is make ourselves laugh actually laugh you know even if we think my you know um you know this is horrendous my horse is all over the place why the hell did i buy this horse it's totally scary but if we laugh we cannot feel fear you cannot feel fear and laugh at, at the same time so you know either just make yourself laugh or think about the last funny thing that that you witnessed um and and laugh and, and and if you can't laugh then smile because even smiling in itself brings down our 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 fear our our worry our what we call high state of emotional arousal so laugh if you can and if you can't smile and i use laughter a lot when i teach um, joe hasn't mm. quite experienced me shouting her around an arena yet she will but plenty of people have. And I once remember one of my clients saying, well, there's a couple of instances. One of them was, um, I don't really remember much about, about our lessons because I spend so much time laughing, but I come away from them writing better. So I love it. And the, the other one is, um, what sort of instructor is he? Oh, he's not like any other instructor you've ever met. What do you mean? You'll see. Because I use laughter a lot because I work with a lot of people who either get really stressed out that I can't do this. I really can't do this. I'm not up to this. Yes, you are. You can do it. Just do the right things. Or the horse is just completely taking the proverbial out of them or they don't think they can handle the horse. Of course they can handle the horse with the right tools. And uh, it all stems from the fact that I rode racehorses for eight years in Ireland. And I won't lie, hunting in Ireland and riding racehorses is not for the faint of heart. 
And I wasn't the faint of heart, but I very quickly sort of started to have to learn to just laugh. And if, if ever any of our listeners see me on a crazy horse, I'll be going sideways and laughing and going, yeah, fine, I've got all day. Come on, bring it on. There's, there's a reason behind that. It's not only that, it's because the horse just thinks, oh, OK, I'm, I'm not causing any drama here. I'll do something else. And a perfect personification, I'm going to direct you towards either TikTok or mainly Twitter, at Life of Bean, Rosie Margerson. Um, down in Newmarket with the um, gorgeous yet crazy bean that tries to get her off at every single opportunity. And you'll see what laughter does in that situation. It does work. Talking of those situations, you've been there a few times. You think, what am I doing with this blooming horse? And I, I really don't want to get on it. I can't cope with this anymore. Even though you're a good rider and you've never come off it, nothing bad's ever happened. It's just been a pain in the butt. And you're in that moment of overwhelm where before you've even got on, everything's, all the alarms are blaring in your head and it makes you not really enjoy the yard, the horse or anything else. I think we'll move on to our overwhelm section because I know Joe's got some interesting things for dealing with that. Some we're already familiar with and we'll use those a lot. Some not. Joe. Okay, so um, yeah, in, in, in terms of, of, of overwhelm, um, I mean, clearly, when, when we're in a state of overwhelm, there are lots and lots and lots of things coming at us at the same time. And the first thing to do is to separate them out, to say, you know, I cannot, a little bit like, you know, the, the um, dare I say it, I'm sure this is not Nick at all, but the, the poor instructor who asks you to do eight things simultaneously. Like no, I would ever no, do that. No, but Nick wouldn't do that. But let's face it, we've all come across instructors who do ask us to do eight things simultaneously. And the brain simply can't do it. And interestingly, our, our dreaming brain can do four things at the same time, but our conscious brain can do one with maybe another one going on in the background. So, um, so this is one of the things you know, that, that causes overwhelm. Whenever we've got lots and lots of things coming at us, we have to recognize we can only think about one thing at a time. So simply break them down. Um, sometimes it's helpful to write them all down and think, okay, I'm going to focus on one thing. Um, or when I next ride, I'm going to focus on this thing. And then if that's working, I'm going to go on to this following thing. Um, there are lots and lots of acronyms in terms of um, setting ourselves goals and objectives. You know, there are, you, 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 you think of any, any long word, supercalifragilistic, and you can think that's an acronym for setting objectives, whatever. Um, but a really useful one, a really useful one before we, we, we go to ride or we get on our horse is to think PAN, um, to think about setting ourselves goals and objectives according to the PAN um, acronym strategy. <clears throat> P is this is positive. So we're thinking about what we want to achieve, not what we want to avoid. This is terribly important. If we think about what we don't want to happen, 
then it's much more likely that that thing is, is going to happen. We've got a, a saying in psychology, I might have said this before, what we focus on grows. It's an absolutely true. Um, so if we're thinking, I want to focus on my horse not bronking, I want to focus on my horse not carting me off, I want to focus on not falling off, I want to focus on whatever it is. If it's a negative focus, or um, or objective, it's more likely to happen. Um, the thing we don't want. So think think about positives. What do I want today? What is the thing that I absolutely want to achieve? And it might be something very simple. You know, I want to achieve riding for fifteen minutes and choosing when I get off my horse and feeling that. I've been reasonably calm, my horse has been reasonably calm. Feeling that I've I've done a trot with my without my horse going into canter or going sideways or napping or bronking. Great. So it's thinking about um, objectives which are positive. Always couch them in positive terms. Never not what, what we don't want. A is achievable, you know, something which we genuinely can achieve in the next whatever whatever time frame we give it. 10 minutes, half an hour. This can be achieved. You know, it's not I'm going to get on my horse. You know, it's me doing my prelim dressage. I'm not going to get on my horse over the weekend and go, right, today I've got to ride a medium test. You know, it's not going to happen. Um, I'm going to work on getting my horse round in the canter so she can actually do circles rather than squares or ovals. You know, this is my objective. So it's achievable. And Thirdly, really importantly, it's needs orientated. What do I need? What is it I need for myself and for my horse in the next 30 minutes? So it, it's, it's positive, not the absence of something. It's achievable and it's according to a need for me and for my horse, Pam. Um, is, 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 is the way to break down objective. And if, if we've achieved all those things, then have a second one in reserve. Great. And go on to that one if you can. And we use that a lot as, as an instructor as well. We don't necessarily think we're using it. But, you know, say you were having a lesson with me and you came in. Right, what are we, what are we doing today? Oh, well, staying on would be good. Yes, but what are we actually going to do? You know, <laughs> and the, the achievable and, and needs then come in sort of sort of after that. Because quite often people will come from a point of view, well, oh, I'd like to stay on. Well, yeah, obviously, but what do we actually want to achieve while we're on the damn horse? You know, <laughs> and then we break but that it, down it, into exercises. Yeah, I was going to say, but it, it, you know, it's 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 much better to give ourselves an, an objective that we are going to achieve because because you know the the the, the human brain is 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 very wired to want success and then success gives us confidence to go on to the next bit of success. If we always give ourselves objectives which are slightly outside our reach, if we always get off our horse going, didn't quite get that today, you know, then we, we, we will start to mentally give up. So obviously, you know, it's not going to be something so blindingly straightforward for us that it takes no effort but something that takes a little bit of effort that we can get to is hugely motivating to go forward yes and i'll tell you what we will be doing in sort of episode six is looking at pre-ride nerves and how to you're on the drive to the yard and you're getting stressed and, and what you can do there and again we, we will repeat a lot of techniques in this podcast because they some of them are very universal 
you know, lots of universal things, lots of special little tweaks you can add to them in specific situations to make them work for you. And you, you say about that success and achievability and something I often see in riders is they're, they're not doing it for them. They're doing it to, I don't know, impress someone else on the yard or go out and impress a, a competition or something. And, and it's very the most important piece of instruction I have ever received as a rider was from a, quite a well-known eventer. Not the one Joe's thinking about. Uh, not that one, Joe. <laughs> and, and it was, you've got to come at this with your own agenda. You do you. Sod everybody else. And, and I read, you know what, that is the best thing that has ever been said to me while I've been sat in the saddle. You know, OK, some people have taught me some interesting things on how to stay on the horse and look like I know what I'm doing as well. But the most important piece of instruction I've ever received from a coach has been that. And it's stuck with me, <laughs> you know. And, and I think in the next episode as well, episode five, we're, we're going to explore, am I good enough for my horse and, and that kind of thing. And a place I'd like to go is professional exams and specifically the bhs um i do have an axe to grind i'm sorry <laughs> we'll go there but how you can deal with situations like that and um, how they're not always going to tell you what's best for you your horse and what you want to do and, and how there's a you know how to avoid all this being told you're not good enough because actually chances are you're perfectly good enough for what you want to do for that horse you're perfectly good enough for you and you need to do you. And we'll explore that in episode five. Joe, anything else you can think of before we go and turn the aircon down to shivering polar bears mode? I think that's fine. I'm just going to head outside in a minute and pour some water over me. So um, I think that's all we need to say for today. But, 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 but thanks very much. I thought Joe was going to go and pour the gin. Looking forward to episode five. <laughs> Am I good enough for my horse? Released in about a week's time. If you're listening to this after the event, that's probably already there. Equilibrium Thinking Riding is a PodBod production for flourishing.org.uk and thefreelancegroup.com.